TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 581, and I'm Libya, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. This is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. This is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. All right, let's hear the news, Tom. What you got? We got some news. Uh, First off, Amazon has ordered the spy thriller Butterfly to series with Daniel Day Kim attached to star and executive produce. They've also renewed Citadel for season two and verified that Joe Joe Russo will be the only director for season two. And the Cruel Intentions series has set its main cast, and most of them are people we don't care about, so I'm not going to tell you who they are. Um, Apple TV Plus announced that last thing he told me, which one of our crew got to see the event in person, is Apple's most watched limited series. So go Jennifer Garner. And uh, Nikolai Costas Walder. Uh, Brad Costa Pitt's Waldo. Formula One. Say what? Costa Waldo. Okay. Right, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Or as as female viewers say, that fine Danish dude. <laughs> uh, that is Brad the correct Pitt, answer. <laughs> Brad Pitt's Formula One film is added to Bias Mingus from The Crown and other things. Uh, BBC has announced that Indira Varma from Rome and um, uh, Game of Thrones is joining Doctor Who as the Duchess. Uh, Fresh off the series finale of NCIS LA, LL Cool J will recur in the next season of NCIS Hawaii. Uh, HBO has picked up somebody somewhere for season three. This is crazy news. (laughs) There must have been an earthquake somewhere. Kim Cattrall is going to cameo as Samantha in an upcoming episode of And Just Like That. And the enmity between her and Sarah Jessica Parker has been notorious over the past few decades. But I guess if you they wave, must a, have big, paid. If you wave a big wad of cash at somebody, yeah. they'll show up. Back up um, that dump truck. <laughs> seriously. Uh, at NBC, Nick Gelfus made his final appearance as Will Host. Halstead on Chicago Med season eight finale and Tori DeVito, another uh, original cast member who left at the end of season six made a surprise appearance in the episode. Those t- their two characters were linked. Uh, Netflix has, is going to launch their paid sharing plan in the U S. So if you are pirate, if you were sharing a Netflix account with somebody else, stand by for bad stuff to happen. I uh, cut off on. my family. I sent them an email first, but they're all cut <laughs> off. I love you. You're cut off. Um, Paramount Plus with Showtime officially launches on June 27th and the standalone Showtime app will shutter by the end of the year. Allie Larder, Michelle Randolph, and Jacob Laughlin will join Billy Bob Thornton in the Taylor Sheridan series Landman. How does that dude sleep? He must not sleep because he's got so many series on the air. It's not funny. What's Landman? Um, it previously announced series with Billy Bob as the lead. It, you don't know what it's about at all? I didn't look it up because we talked about it way back when. 
Uh, at oh, Peacock, yeah. Lashana Lynch ha- ha- will join Eddie Redmayne in their Day of the Jackal series. And that's it. All righty then. Uh, let's start off with the shows. First up, we've got a bunch of series finale. Some of them, uh, as Yusin likes to say, land the plane better than others. So let's start off with Succession. What did you guys think? It I was. Loved it. I did. I did too. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, you, you know, I mean, it, it, this absolutely did land the plane. It was not. It was not a happy ending. But <laughs> you, you weren't well, expecting. Who you were. It, it, yeah. Well, I guess that's true. If 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 you're if you're uh, Matson, then it was very happy for for him, and certainly for Tom. And um, Tom. Uh, yeah, definitely for Tom. But I mean. It's it was it was one of those things where you know we've been going through this whole series wondering who is going to ultimately succeed Logan Roy, which of the kids, and it turned out to be none of them, none Yay. of the above. Um, and but but that it would fall into the lap of Tom Wamsgans is just it's it's such a mind blower. It really is, and and I, I just everything about this episode i don't even know where to begin because every scene was so packed with stuff and so fantastic and the the wild changes in tone that you got just this roller coaster ride of the kids you know trying to save their company for themselves and and the the scene in barbados where they seem to be coming together as a group and i'm probably have the most healthy relationship in that one scene together that they've ever had in their lives. They're the most like a family in that one bit and they're riding high and then it all falls apart at the very end. Um, is, is just, I mean, it was, it was just brilliant all the way through. The, the thing that I thought was the, the most ironic is the person who seals her own fate and gets her estranged husband the gig is freaking Shiv. Mm-hmm. She tells Matson, oh yeah, Tom's a lackey. He will suck the biggest you know what in the room. <laughs> and he'd already he had already figured out that Shiv was too much of an independent thinker and he just wanted a figurehead. He yep. didn't want somebody, you know, she wanted to actually kind of run the company. He didn't want that. He wants a figurehead. And she basically, you know, inadvert while she's trying to trash Tom, she basically talks up Tom. <laughs> well, I think, you know, the, the, what a lot of people aren't talking about, because I've been reading a lot about what's been going on, and, and what I haven't seen people talk about at all is the reason that, that Tom was picked. I mean, it's Matson makes it very explicit in the scene where he names him he's, he's you're going to be the American face of this company, and that's, that's because he hates Tom. It's not because he likes him. It's because <clears throat> he does not like him. He wants him to be the face of the company while Matson behind the scenes tears the thing apart and essentially sells it off for parts. He's, he's going to reorganize and sell things off and get rid of, you know, all the excess and whatever it is. And, and people are going to hate that people working for the company and people outside the company, but the face they're going to blame just like they did on, on election night is going to be Tom's. Yeah. And so he isn't there. He's sorry. He doesn't care. 
No, he doesn't care. As long as as long as he gets to be as long as he gets to be the figurehead, as long as he gets to be in charge, he's perfectly okay with that. I mean, he told him he would. But you know, the, here the thing is, is that I think, I mean, we've seen Matson throw people away so easily before. Yep. And I think once he's done, because he doesn't like Tom, once he's done with all the reorganizing and the selling off, whatever is left of Waystar Royco, um, he's he's going to, at that point, get rid of Tom, too. Um, so Tom is not going to be there forever. And Tom I think is a freaking cockroach. <laughs> oh, well, that's he'll be somewhere. He'll he and certainly survive and he'll and be. Cousin He'll Greg with is almost as bad. The fact that, that Tom forgives Greg for totally trying to backstab him. <laughs> but I think there's such a pair. They see, you know, oh, Tom yeah. sees, Tom sees, you know, so much of himself in Greg. I well, love the, that bit where he puts couple a sticker on his head. You know, he essentially claims Greg for himself with that sticker. Yeah, um, it's just... What, uh, I have a question for you, Allison. What do you think it was that made Shiv have this this moment of clarity that Kendall, correctly, by the way, that Kendall is the wrong choice? I think, I, you know, I, I don't know that he he's necessarily the wrong choice because, I mean, how much better is Tom going to be, really? Um, but I think that the, I, I, I don't think that there is a right choice. I mean, it's a horrible company with horrible people. But I think what, the reason that she was willing to essentially stab herself in the process of, of stabbing her brother is because she figured out that she hated and resented her brother more than she hated and resented her husband. And, and so she, she kind of put herself in this prison of being, you know, consort to the king rather than a, a, a lesser player opposite her brother who she has just spent a lifetime learning to to resent and despise but i thought that the, the the other moment of clarity in the episode was when roman says we're bs because he's right and the fact that dad prior to his untimely passing had made the decision to do this deal it's basically the kids trying to hang on to what they think is their legacy with not without the talent of being able they would have run that company into the ground um i don't know that they necessarily would have run it into the ground i think that when it you know it's such a vast corporation remember they own so many things it's not it's not just atm it's also theme parks and cruise ships and real estate and god knows what else and so I think, you know, it, it would have been a lot to, to run that completely aground. I think Matson actually has, is going to do more to, to take it apart because he's not interested in the, in the uh, Waystar Royco empire. He's interested in the parts of it that he can sell off or use in other ways for yep. his company. So I yep. think when it comes down to it, like in, in the long term, there won't even be a Waystar Royco. That'll yep. just be parts that are sold off by by Matson. So overall, guys. Oh yeah. It was brilliant. It was great. It was brilliant. <laughs> great, great ending to a great show. Amazing. All right. And uh, now for something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we're going to talk about the Barry season finale, and I will I will say this: uh, most of the season, unlike the rest of you guys, I did enjoy Barry. 
for most of the season. And then they had the time jump and I didn't like the time jump episode per se. But then after that, the next couple episodes, I was like, okay, this works. And I think the reason that I would say it was an unsatisfactory ending for me is more consequences. Like, I'm kind of, I mean, Kusuno is not the best person in the world. He's an absolute jerk and a narcissist. But did he deserve to go down for his girlfriend's murder and be portrayed as this mastermind that can, like, it It felt so disingenuous and uneven from that perspective that I really didn't like it. And then Sally got the happy ending and Sally actually did kill somebody. Uh, and I well, don't think we're up there. And very good to be a folk hero? Yeah, I just, I just, I, I don't, I didn't, I don't know. I mean, I think I would have been okay with Barry dying at the end, but I didn't like how everything else played out. Like I get what they're trying to say, but it was not a satisfactory end to, if you look at Barry from the beginning to now to the end and how it flowed, that was not a satisfactory ending to the show for me. Um, But I did overall enjoy this season as a whole, which I know a lot of people don't necessarily agree, I just don't feel like they they nailed that ending. I was not happy with the ending. All right, others, go forth. Hated it. <laughs> so, I, just that's it? <laughs> that's all you got to say? Kusuno is, none of these are good people, but yeah. wrongly convicting Kusuno as masterminding Janice's murder? That's insanity. It's insanity, especially since we as the viewers have seen the whole thing play out, and it makes her dad look like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, ironically, the actor's last name is Wisdom, but I, I hated that. I I mean, I wouldn't have minded if Kusuno, you know, the dad turned on Kusuno for exploiting Janice's murder, but fingering him as... The mastermind, that that just, it felt wrong. The execution was lame. And I didn't like that the son was like, he shot me because I figured out blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, he didn't. That was just dumb. That was so bizarre. That was just didn't I I didn't mind Kusuno shooting Barry because I felt like Kusuno should have shot Barry because of everything he went through. So I didn't mind that part. No. but, But just the just everything yeah. else and yeah. sally uh you know i really like the actor but the arc they gave her in the the time jump was a mistake Let, let's just say the time jump was a mistake it's just i did i did like noho hank's ending i thought his ending was good well and i like falk what's his name falk fuchs. Uh, fuchs i liked his as well so yeah uh i just yeah, they didn't stick the landing. Sorry. I thought, because I did think that scene between Fuchs and Noho Hank was really good. Where he was It was like, interesting. It was interesting. He was like, I need you to, he's like, I just want you to admit that you got him killed. Like, that was really, I thought that was really good. But, yeah, everything else kind of fell apart. Allison, just, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm somewhere somewhere between the two of you. I, I didn't like the time jump. I thought that the the show kind of took a you know a, a nosedive after that that it never completely recovered from, um, but you know the thing is I, I think the problem 
is that this season altogether went so very dark. And mm. in prior seasons, there was always this sense, and I think maybe it was it was just playing with the audience that we got the impression this was a show that was not what it was about, what it was about. Um, you know, we thought, oh, well, there's going to be like a redemption here, you know, and this Barry is going to become a better person and, you know, this and that. Mm. And that's not what this is about at all. It's, it's basically, I, I think more of what Bill Hader was after, especially with the nihilistic tone that he took, is uh, his commentary on, on the entertainment business, on Hollywood in general, that they'll take, you know, this, this complex story and they'll boil it down to something simplistic and stupid and completely wrong. And, and not only that, but, you know, the, the police and people around it have this, this entertainment inflected idea of how things work and they get things wrong that are impossible. Um, I thought I, I, I wasn't happy with, with people's ending from a, a, an emotional point of view. Um, what happened with Gene Cousineau was outrageous. Um, I, I also didn't like, Fuchs getting off without any consequences whatsoever. No, I, I, don't, a horrible, I thought that Fuchs, horrible person. And I didn't think that Fuchs. I, I, Fuchs spent ten years in jail. That's not getting off with no he consequences. Spent, he spent ten years becoming the character he invented of the Raven and becoming a guy who was now capable of being in charge of other people. He, if anything, he 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 enjoyed his time in prison. He, he became powerful as a result of doing that. What he's going to do from this point on, we don't know. But he does get off, you know, pretty much scot-free at the end. And I don't think he should have. He's he's really responsible for weaponizing Barry. Um, everything that Barry, er, Barry did from the time that he got together with Fuchs is is Fuchs's... Uh, thing too you know he's he's responsible i'm not i'm not disagreeing so but i i, I was not but, but let me let me let me finish i was okay, you know right. with the ending with no ho hank was very poetic um I, you know i and i wasn't expecting it i was thinking maybe he's one of those who are going to survive i was pretty sure that barry's child was going to survive sari uh, uh rather sally um surviving and and having a reasonably happy ending even if it's not the ending she wanted is okay and i think the the movie that was made is is pretty much the distillation of of bill Hader's attitude about hollywood you know that they take this story and they turn this into it and they glorify a guy who's real who we know to be a, a, a multiple murderer so i you know i i get what he's saying and i think that the ending worked from that storytelling perspective you know but i I think emotionally, in terms of the time that I invested in these characters, um, emotionally, it was an unsatisfying way to go. Yeah, I, I would agree. Well, let's wrap that up. I, I'm not sure where whether the thumbs are up or down on this, but I think Next. we all are. Uh, yeah, I think they're we're all never to be buried. All right. Next up, we're going to talk Ted Lasso, and this was its series finale. The episode is called So Long, Crowell, and they did my favorite song from um, The Sound of Music, which I was very happy about. I would say for this, it was a weird thing. Um, everybody was giving me the emotion that I wanted, except for Ted. It felt like the actor was muting his own performance, like he was afraid that if he broke and like gave any tears that he was just going to lose it. 
So he was, I felt like he was walled back a little bit, but everybody else was a hundred percent present and giving it their all. And I did shed a couple of tears at a couple of different points. Um, so I was as opposed to the Barry finale, I was satisfied by this finale and I really liked his scene with Rebecca in the airport. Um, that scene was really good for me. I could have dealt without a uh, beard and his thong. Uh, that <laughs> that is not an image that I will soon get out of my mind, and so I random, don't appreciate and that. Yet, random, but believable, considering how they played his character up through. The I'm not saying it's not believable. Season. I just didn't need to see it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no. um, you so, can't unsee that. It was. I know, joke. right? Joke. It was a cheap joke. It was. It, it was, was but it, but it was, but it it worked. It was it was a, it was effective. I just didn't necessarily need it. Um, but I, I thought that even though I thought they rushed the Nate storyline, I still got emotional with their goodbye. And I knew that they were going to put that, be that believe sign was going to come back some kind of way. And, but I still liked how they did it. I was still like, Oh, that was so sweet. Um, wait, do, so do, yeah. Are we supposed to are we supposed to remember that everybody had pieces of the sign, or was that a surprise? No, they no, no that's, a surprise. That, that was a that reveal. Was a reveal. That was a reveal. Yeah, okay. we weren't supposed to know that at all. Okay. Um, so, but I did know some kind of way that sign was going to come back. I just of didn't course. know. I thought they were maybe going to make a new one. I didn't right. know they were going to put it back together. So that was a little sweet little moment. So they they got me with these little moments, and I really appreciated them. So that that's going to be me. All right, who's up next? Who wants to go next? I, 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 I can't remember, <laughs> I can't remember a lot of the series finale. Um, and, and that should, that should say something. I mean, I, I'm glad you said some stuff so that I could kind of bounce off on it. I, you know, you mentioned me at the top of the podcast about landing the plane. I, I, sure. The plan was landed. It didn't land. The plane was landed. It didn't slide off the runway or anything like that. Um, it didn't burst into flames. I didn't fear that it was going to careen off the runway as I watched it land. Okay, it I get your analogies. <laughs> I, I, um, I don't know. I think that the finale was probably as good as the season was, which in all it's what worked and kind of didn't work and was a little lacking. I, I've never used the word saccharine ever for the show, this show. Um, and I felt like manipulative is way too strong of a word, so I wouldn't use it here. You know what I mean? They didn't manipulate feelings out of me. Um, you know, they were earned in the sense that you know, they had dropped all of the, you know, the notes, you know, the breadcrumbs and we, you know, I mean, but I guess they were just obvious. They weren't, it wasn't, there were no breadcrumbs to, to have been left. The, these were just all storylines we knew kind of, you know, had to be wrapped up. Everything from the book being written, you know, finished. I thought um, the one with all the note, you know, the, uh, the coach beard leaving all of the highlights and the notes was hilarious. I thought that was cute. Um you know, uh, so, you know, even the smaller, you know, uh, storylines, you know, him writing the book, uh, I think, you know, um, uh, Keely not being with either one of them, that's a trope, you know, her choosing herself first, kind of, and not being with either one of the guys, you know, that's nothing of being of a surprise, and, and I guess at this point, you know, the better choice, 
um, you know, I don't know, like nothing really made me, I enjoyed the, the goodbye song also, who doesn't love that song, um, you know, for, for goodbyes, you know, I thought it was cute. Um, the neat thing I'm still a little confused about. So he came back and he is the equipment person again now. Like he's not, he's the junior, he's the junior equipment person. So the other guy actually outranks him. Right. Right, Exactly. So, you, you know, like I, here's what I will say. If, if, the entire season had been amazing, then this series ender would have been disappointing, but it seemed just kind of on par for the whole season. The season wasn't particularly emotionally poignant for me or strong. It wasn't terrible. There were lots of good points throughout the season. So this, the season, the, at the finale had its moments as well. Um, and I will have to say to, to wrap up, um, I, I'm not sure I, 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 I thought about it. My, I really thought about it as the, the final scene. Like, what do I want to be the final scene, uh, you know, in, in, in Ted? What's going to make it happen for me? I was not close to tears at any point during the series finale, which is. I cried twice. Yeah, I just, not, it, nothing brought me close. And um, I did like that they were, you know, because it, you know, the, it started with them and, and, and kind of their, you know, and their, I don't know, I thought they could have done something with the, the, the cookie, you know, there, there could have been a cookie kind of reference there somehow. Maybe he like gives her the cookie recipe, you know, or something. Cause that, that's how they bonded. They ended up together, you know, and he was always making them for her and now she's self-sufficient and she doesn't need the, you know, Rupert or the team or this or that. And he's leaving her. So I thought maybe if he'd left her with the, the recipe to the, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but the point is, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm left a little empty, but not, you know, you know, downtrodden. Um, but I did, and I will agree with you. And I, I guess I don't want to end on a negative, but I want to agree with you. Uh, I think the thing that was the most lacking for me is that he seemed pretty absent, um, not only throughout the season, as you kind of, you know, reference, but in the season finale, his emotional connection to all of the people he was saying goodbye to seemed muted, both, both in acting like actual in the real in real world, but also within the confines of the actual show, um, he just seemed kind of wistful. Which I don't know. I wanted more from him, either more humor or 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 something, or or more emotions. So it was it was fine, you know. But it really wasn't what I had wanted for for the end of this this show that I it loved so much, loved so much. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, I'll tag in. Go ahead. Here's the thing. And I, this this goes in well with what uh, I think Yusin was trying to say. Season three was bloated by the numbers. Six hundred fifty yeah. minutes in the twelve episodes, whereas previous seasons were like three hundred minutes for ten episodes. Everybody did not need their own subplot. You have main characters. You have supporting characters. You have background characters. They gave everybody almost their own plot line, and that did not serve the show well. So it felt unfocused, and it felt like Ted was a supporting character in his own show. Yeah. Um, you know, did the plane land? Yes. Was it a rocky landing that hit some bumps? Yes, because they had they threw all these balls in the air. And something I teach my screenwriting students: when you throw a ball in the air as for a plot line, you got to pick it up. So, and because they'd thrown all these balls in the air, they had to resolve them all. 
from Zorro getting a new mask and using a homonym for his actual name. It's like, ha, 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 that's so fun. Dude, that could have been a grace note. And they just felt compelled to give everybody their own through line. And as a result, Ted's story suffered. Say what? I would say... I would say even, that uh, even who was the soccer player they brought in in the third season? Even even they, they brought him back with the big avocado. Why did we need to see the gift of an Zava. avocado? That was Zava. that was just oh that was so silly. random, so random. But I, I would say I get your point. I get what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But I did appreciate getting to know some of the characters better. I think yeah, some of I mean, it was served, but I think if if the actor playing Ted, I don't know if it was the actor's choice or what. It was well, he's, yesterday. He's an executive producer, co-creator, so yeah. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if it was his choice or not to play the character more muted because his scene with Nate, where Nate is like crying and he's barely like responding, and then his scene in the airport with Rebecca is similar. Yeah. She is like giving it a hundred and ten percent. Yeah. And he's like barely reacting to what she's doing. And I'm like, what's happening here? Well, so, well you anyway. know what the feeling that I got when I was watching it, because I know that it was Sudeikis's choice to end this here. You know, uh, the, everyone else was talking about how it could, and I think should have had at least another season before it ended. Um, it, you know, it was because Sudeikis wanted to end it here. And I feel like he just kind of checked out so completely. He wasn't even giving a performance anymore. Um, it, he was just there to collect a check and do as little with his character as he possibly could. He, you know, he assigned all these other characters things to do. And by the end of a show called Ted Lasso, I don't even know what happened to Ted Lasso. Okay, he goes home, he quits the team, he goes home and does what now? He's he's coaching. We don't know if he's back with his wife. Certainly they had problems before she ever met their therapist. And those can't just magically go away. We see him, he's he's coaching his kids' soccer team, but what's he doing for a living? He just quit, because I looked up how much a, a, a manager of a soccer uh, team uh, gets in, in the UK. He left like a $7 million uh, check, you know, salary, for a $35,000 salary if he gets his old job back as, as a football coach for high school. And, and we don't even know if he's done that. We just see him, you know, coaching his kids' little league well, team. I, I was so I, talking about even I'm, more obvious. I was, no, I was commenting on what you were saying, because I want to ask your question, your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about him moving, because you see the, the cab drops him off at his wife's house. But I was like, isn't the boyfriend living there too? Yeah. Like, what? Like, that was even weirder. I know, it was all very confusing. I don't think the boyfriend's still with them after his, you know, I don't think it was, it was not a slight that they didn't show him again after, you know, his, his disinterest in the finals where, you know, Michelle and the kid are all into it and he's just over there on his phone doing God knows what. I think she took him to the curb. But that doesn't mean that she and Ted are back together again, because as I pointed out, they had problems before he ever entered the picture. He entered the picture because they were having problems. And so I don't think that his suddenly moving back is going to change all that. But, you know, that's they, they had so little interest in Ted 
in his interior life, you know, when he, he was looking at Trent's, uh, his, his draft of, of his book, and he writes on the front, you know, change the title, it was never about me. The irony of saying that in a show that is literally called Dead Lasso, um, but I think it, it, it was part of what informed this season, is that he just checked out. Yeah, suddenly Ted Lasso wasn't about Ted Lasso anymore, and it wasn't about Jason Sudeikis even caring about being there to to perform this role. He was barely present, and so much of what I got from this season was just so unsatisfactory. I, you know, there were there were moments that were still good. There were moments that were still funny. Yes, there were moments that I even cried during the the finale. But that's you know, I am an easy mark. I will cry at <laughs> at, at at you know very touching Tide commercials. You know, I mean, it's it's not hard to get uh, water out of my eyes. So the the entire time that I was doing that, I I just thought this is so unearned. Um, Nate's probably the worst example of of the stories that just were suddenly given short shrift. They spent all this time turning him evil, and we knew he was going to go back again, but the, the fact that they did such a bad job of it, that just suddenly he's a good guy again because he got a girlfriend who has no personality. Um, you know, that's not why he went evil in the first place. He felt disrespected. He felt, he felt like no one gave him credit for anything. And suddenly he not only... Is, is now back with the team, but he's in an even lower position than he was before. And, and that was the whole reason that he, he was so upset was that he felt disrespected. And now he's down at the very, very bottom of the totem pole. So none of that makes any emotional sense to me. Um, and and it, just, it just seemed like, well, we're just going to make him good again because the fans want to see good Nate. And we have to end it on that note. And, and, yeah, it's just even though there were moments that that I liked the conversation between both conversations, the one in the stands and the one in the airport between Rebecca and and Ted, you know, it was was a lovely moment. You know, there were little things that that were that were nice. Overall, it just felt like I was watching the Cliff Notes version of Ted Lasso. Everything felt shortened, unearned, and at the same time wildly overstuffed with things that I didn't care about. Okay, then. All right. So uh, I'm not sure how that balances out. I personally thought I, 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 I'm, it's not even that I disagree with you guys because I don't, but it, it felt more to me. And but we need to move on. Um, so I guess your thumbs are whichever way thumbs go on that. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the season finale of Queen Charlotte. There's episode five and six. And I miscalculated because I thought the finale was in a, an hour and apparently it was almost two hours and I didn't give myself enough time to watch it before this podcast. So I've watched uh, 80 to 90% of the last episode. I'm going to guess that this isn't in the cliffhanger, but I don't know. Um, I like Queen Charlotte, as I've said before, a lot better than I like the Bridgerton story. And I think in these last two episodes, what is very stark to me is how the Queen Charlotte that we see as the younger becomes the older Queen Charlotte. Like that really felt glaring in these last couple episodes because she's so cold. And so and and her kids having that big argument with her telling her that she's been their queen, but she hasn't been their mother. 
and her talking to was it Brimsley and being very surprised that he's not married. Like he's old now and she's just asking him this question. I was like, wow. Like, wow. Um, I thought all of that was, was really interesting. And if, and when they do another season, I want to see the older and the younger, like, see how they be- one becomes the other. I guess that's the the key. And oh, then I the like story that. with Lady, yeah, uh, and the and the story with Lady Danbury, like the thing that annoys me a little. Like I love the whole thing where she meets the guy, uh, the other lord or whatever, in the woods, and they walk and they kind of fall in love. But they have sex once, and then he's like, "Peace," and I'm out. Um, and he says that it's for her reputation, but it feels a little, mm, a nice way to say it, but after he slept with her, he's done. That's how I felt. And I know they wanted to make it seem like they're lovers from afar who can never be together kind of situation. But I, and I get that she doesn't want to move to Germany. Like I wouldn't want to move to Germany either. So (laughs) I'm not mad at that. But so I'm not sure how I feel about that. All right. Somebody else talk. I um, Charlotte. I agree with you. I'm not quite sure how the show wanted us to feel about that. Like, I wasn't sure if he was playing her and he was doing a one and done kind of a thing or he really was sort of, um, you know, realized what he was. He was risking, actually, his daughter. You know what I mean? When the daughter caught them and then, you know, and then he did want to protect her as well. So I was a little on the fence with that. Uh, not even actually knowing what the show wanted us to feel, you know, or believe what his intentions were. So that was a little bit confusing. Um, I saw the end of the show a long, long time ago. And in fact, didn't quite have a chance to review all of it before the podcast. Um, but that says something because it's, it's been a long time since I binged a show. Granted, it was only six episodes. So um, I watched all six, I think, if not in one day, maybe. Um I think, uh, or one night. Um, so, I mean, was it the best show ever? No. And was it like the, you know, was it amazing? No, but it was very compelling. I thought it was really well acted. And I thought, um, that, uh, by the end of this season, and we're talking about the finale, um, I, they had achieved their objective, which, and I'd been saying it all season long, that this is a love story. So, um, you know, everything else besides, of course, you know, but some, you know, politics involved in the Lady Danbury side story and and this and that. But at the end of the day, um, it's about, uh, you know, uh, Charlotte and George. Yeah. You know, and and the difficulty. And I mentioned it last week about, you know, the presence of his mental illness, but, you know, her the strength of her love and their bond and. You know, so I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'll I'll let other people talk more about it except to say that it worked for me as a love story. Um, I I cared about the characters and I felt what I was supposed to feel in terms of um, the sadness for them. You know what I mean? Um, And the happiness, what they are able to share and what they'll what they're what they've lost and what they'll never have, you know, together. Um, And I thought, uh, you know, thinking about the second season. Uh, I'm excited um, to see more because, you know, that I, I want to see more of their happy times. You know what I mean? And I'm obviously I'll be hurt and pained to see the more difficult times as well. 
but um, I would be interested, uh, you know, seeing how they bridge that into the more adult version of the queen. Um, you know, uh, it's, I'm not saying it's less sweet, but I mean, I think that the, the chemistry between the two of them is very good. Um, and I think that uh, the lead is handsome and charismatic. Um, and I think he does a nice job of um, being, I think playing nuts can be, um, uh, and I, 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 I apologize for that because I was just being um, dismissive. To, be, to play someone who's mentally ill um, and not kind of be overly characteristic, you know, or try too hard or, you know, go for your Emmy reel, um, you know, that, that, um, that threat is there, that desire, you know, kind of whatever. So I thought he played it, he played it really well. It was really restrained. Um, and so I give him credit for that as well. Um, and I think that the writing was also very sensitive in terms of the mental illness. I mean, they're guessing, right, how it was back then and, and exactly what he had. But overall, I thought it was um it was a fun, fun is the wrong word. Um, I thought it was a compelling watch. And um, if you're looking for something that's, you know, um, distracting and engrossing and sweet, you know, I think it's a good series to watch. And it's pretty. It's pretty to watch. Also, oh, shout out to Vitamin, uh, Vitamin, uh, God, I always get their name wrong vitamin um vitamin water with something they they they're a quartet i believe they're um a string quartet that that does um all modern music and they turn it into you know um string quartet uh versions of it oh right yeah the the music that they play during the dance yeah all of the the entire series uh they use a a particular band called the vitamin water uh, quartet or something i'm murdering their the title of their their band um but i love their use of their music they've been around forever uh and what and a perfect use of them you know to take all the modern songs and and listen to them uh, you know the great arrangements i thought they were well used and it was fun to listen to so it, it was a nice way to to do that instead of you know people make fun of when we watch period pieces and we listen to anachronistic music it was like a you know it was a smart move and i thought they did a nice job uh, allison go ahead um i really loved this series and i binged it too i i you know i think i completed the whole thing in about three nights altogether um where where it ended i thought was was very nice and very sweet um i thought that i mean it it is as you pointed out a love story and i love seeing the the way the two actors who play charlotte and and george uh actually not just two the four actors because we have the elderly couple too um and they have tremendous chemistry with each other and they really make this whole thing very believable despite the fact that you know they have so many problems in in their in their relationship and they were really put together solely for political reasons you really believe that these people care about each other and and i think that that's beautifully beautifully done um we've brought up before that i i i really love this better than bridgerton because i think the stakes are higher and the characters are just fundamentally more interesting um bridgerton is nice but it's it's got a fluffy tone to it um, and this does too, but I think it's got a little more gravitas that really pulls me in more. Um, as for the the relationship with uh, Lady Danbury and and her lover, um, which is Violet's Violet's dad, um, I I was not confused by it. I got the feeling that I mean he's stuck in a loveless marriage and he finds a woman with whom he has 
something, you know, genuine feelings for, but he cuts it off because his, his daughter is aware that something is going on and he doesn't want the taint of this relationship to, to affect his daughter at a time where something like that would be devastating. Um, so for the sake of his daughter, he, he pulls it off and I, I, not because he didn't have, have real feelings, um, for her, but because I think he, he was more protective of his daughter and what her reputation was going to be going forward. So that's how I read that, that scene. Um, I think the supporting cast for the show are, is fantastic. I still want to know what happened. I mean, obviously we get the idea that, um, uh, oh, the, the, um, the valet's boyfriend, uh, who's George's valet, um, he I don't know his name. He's, he's no longer he's no longer uh, around. Um, there's there's this sense of finality at the end, but I still want to find out exactly what happened. I I want to know where that re- and how far that relationship goes. I think there's so much more that could be talked about for a second season, and I really I mean they have 15 kids, and we've only seen the birth of one. So yeah, yes. exactly. So you know, and I mean, and they they're we, I mean, even if you know which one ends up succeeding as king. Um, it's, it's still, uh, an interesting thing and they gave them interesting, uh, unique personalities. So I think I'd like to see that develop too. There's, there's a lot of places they could go. So I'm really hoping that there isn't, this isn't just a one and done. Okay. Well, let's move on and wrap that up. I think we're all saying thumbs up for Charlotte. Next up, we're going to talk about silo episodes five and six. And uh, I'm trying to remember what happened and not spoil things because I'm one episode ahead of everyone. Someone else say, Tom, what did you think of Silo? Tom? I liked two episodes, uh, two episodes ago better than the last episode. The last episode felt kind of like a filler. Okay, well, tell me, like, we'll talk about the two episodes ago. What, what Basically... We're, we're getting deep into the mystery. By the way, I got to give them props for casting these great lead actors and killing number one in the call, <laughs> call sheet two episodes in a row. Obviously, There's a lot of death they, in this show. There really is. Yes. It's like, yes. you know, you, your, your, your Q rating or your popular, popularity has no impact on whether you're going to live and die. Um, episode 105 was called The Janitor's Boy. And oh, so, right. So basically, we, I think that's the episode where we get some backstory on Juliet. Yes. And we get backstory on Common because he... Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get some backstory on the, Common as yeah, well. Yeah, because he gives, he gives his whole story about his dad and his dad being a janitor. By the way, man. speaking of Common, I'm sorry. As soon as he, he tells this guy and they're by the rail, it's like, yeah, yeah you're going over that. You're going yeah, you're over that rail, dude. <laughs> you got nothing on it. The fact that this dude is a secret agent and didn't realize that Common was going to kill him means Seriously. he gets an F. Like, I was like, dude, he's going to kill you. Like, he starts laying out all the mistakes that he made, and and then he's breaking stuff. I was like, he's going to – and then he goes, do you swear that you'll give everything to the silo? And I was like, including – and I was adding, including your life. <laughs> so, Seriously, yeah. Go ahead, oh, Tom. and and a shout out to Harriet Walter who has pulled triple duty as a series lead on Silo. She's she's the sheriff's mentor, and 
she's the kid's mom on Succession, and (laughs) she's Rebecca's mom on Ted Lasso. It's like Harriet Walters everywhere. (laughs) So I forgot about that. That's a good call. And and it's because she's working. And and, and when I saw her face and then heard the American accent come out of her mouth, it's like, what? Because I'm used to her speaking, you know, speaking with a British accent or from, um, oh, the show that self-destructed last year. Uh, Oh, with uh, the spy, Villanelle. Um, Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that too, with a Russian accent or Soviet bloc accent. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so, yeah, the second episode I don't know. It just kind of, it seemed a little table setty setting. Except that I like the end felt like a nice cliffhanger. Like when well, you yeah. see Yeah. But that was the end. <laughs> it's like everything <laughs> else is like, it just seemed like they were parsing out this data that was being dumped. Uh, I'm in though. I really, I, I mean, I like the cast. I don't think Tim Robbins is up to anything good because Tim no, Robbins as a bureaucrat with the goatee and the, you know, completely gray hair. I mean, it just seems like he's up to something, but I'm intrigued. And uh, Graham, Graham Yost is the man. So I will, you know, I will follow him. You know, I'll follow him to the supermarket. Uh, Allison, your thoughts. Um, yeah. I th- I mean, this, this show has, has a, a really high death rate. It's like they, we're only up to like episode six, isn't it? Um, and and I think they've they've had like a death per episode in this thing. So you know we're we're and it doesn't matter how high up you are. No, you I die. think we're we're gonna run out of cast at this point pretty soon if they don't find something else to do. Um, but I I don't know I like there are elements of the show that I really appreciate. I'm still interested in the mystery of. Why is it? Why is it nobody remembers anything? Why are relics so dangerous? Um, and the cool, that, that cool scene where the guy's like looking at the stars and he doesn't know what a star. He doesn't is. know he what doesn't a star is. Yeah, well, I was like, you know, Wait, on, what? On, the, on the one yeah. hand, it's like I get it; they're down in a silo, so they don't see that. But every once in a while, the the it does clear, and and they they must have something in the way of reading material of some sort no and, but they don't that's the whole that's the whole thing well, cause they're not they're, they're not Ill- they're not illiterate obviously they have no no but so, they but, but they've but they gotten rid of anything, most of it yeah anything on the outside anything that tells you about outside the silo is illegal except for so you know they, i mean they have juliet explains that her name is based on the the character in a play and and she it's like how would they know that it's 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 and and i think it's billings actually says is that for the name of the character in the play and i'm thinking how do you know shakespeare how how, if everything else has been taken away how do you know romeo and juliet um so there's like little things like that that i'm not sure i make a lot of sense but you know it's i'm i'm still watching it i still want to hear what this whole mystery why is a pez dispenser freaking everyone out um you know it's 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 like you know that kind of thing i'm i'm interested in in what's going to happen now when we see her looking through this this georgia guide where she's looking at pictures of what the outside used to look like and she's being watched on monitors by a bunch of guys and these are much more sophisticated monitors than anything 
we've seen anywhere else. Everything else has been somewhat analog, and this is obviously not. This is obviously not. It's all digital. It's all very, you know, sophisticated. And they're talking about letting him know. And which him are we talking about? I mean, is this, does Tim Robbins know more about this? Is that the the him we're talking about? Are we talking about Sims? Or is this a character we haven't even met yet? Um, so I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing where all of that is going to go. Yay. All right. Uh, I think we're saying thumbs up for the most part for Silo. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we're going to talk the last thing he told me. And we're on episodes five, four and five. And the first episode was the, wit- the witness this, what I call it, the episode with Spy Daddy, which is... Uh, God, not, what's Jennifer Garner's? The guy that plays her father in Alias is Victor Garber. Victor Garber, thank you. So this episode, he plays Professor, and they the only thing they know is the story that the dad told them about a class that he had, that he, he basically failed, and the professor humiliated him and took his test and put it up on the wall. And so they decide that that kernel of a story sounds has like a kernel of truth, and they track down the professor that he actually took the class, because he says the professor's name. And they find him, and they do all this research, talk to the professor. He actually takes a break from his day because he thinks that their story is so compelling that he wants to figure out the answer. And it leads them to the lab, which leads them to the next episode. So the ne- these two episodes run together in that they're following clues from his story that lead him to a real person that knew him. Because they're trying to find out his real name, and they don't know his real name. And they end up finding, I think in the computer lab, they find a picture from mom. And that's where they find her mom's real name. And it's just like all kind of goes together. But what I do like is in the search and in the running and all that other stuff, Bailey and uh, Jennifer Garner's character, who I can't think of her character's name, they get they finally like start to work together and uh, work as a team to put these clues together. So yeah, I I thought that this it 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 all builds the ramps the mystery up, and when they get to the Never Dry the bar. And they meet this guy who recognizes Bailey. And I love that Jennifer Garner's instinct is like something's wrong, something scary. He's freaking me run. out. So they run. Yeah, they run for it at the end. So, and then there's a big chase scene and everything. Um, I mean, this isn't like a spy movie, but it does have a lot of tension. And they keep showing you these flashbacks with the dad that show him to be like this perfect guy but some of the stuff he talks about and some of the looks on his face lets you know there's something else lurking beneath but uh what do you guys think i really liked this series and i kind of wish they had dropped more episodes at a time instead of you know getting us hooked with one like the first one a week? week well they they did like the first two episodes but right. because of the nature i mean they, they did a really good job uh, it didn't feel bloated at all. It felt, you know, the fact that it was seven episodes, not eight, and definitely not ten. So, you know, everything logically flowed. And I heard they wanted to do six, and Apple told them they should do seven. But that was the right answer, because yeah. six would have been too rushed and allowed them to keep a normal, you know, like a 45-minute, give or take, running time. Um, 
by this point, by the end of episode five, we're hip deep in the mystery and we're going to get the big reveal soon. But man, they hadn't, you know, I went, you wanted to know what's going on. And I like, is it Ungary, the, the, the daughter? I like her as an actor, but I could have done with less of the whole sullen teen attitude. It's like, girl, yes. your stepmom is trying to keep you alive, so drop the tune. Well, I, but I actually give her points on once she finds out that everything her father told her was a lie. Yep. I think it really just screws with your definition of who are you. Like, everything you think you know about yourself is not true. Your name isn't even true. Yep. Like, and so I think she's struggling with a lot and I'll give her a little leeway for that. Um, just because the, especially a teenager's trying to figure out who they are in the first place, but now you find out the fundamentals of who you are is totally wrong. All of that's a lot. So I, I, I give her a little, a little slack, but all of the mystery, uh, and she just wants answers. Like at the end of the day, that's all she's looking for. She wants to understand what's going on. And she's having these flashes of memory. And she doesn't know what they mean. And she doesn't have her dad to explain it to her. She, she's feeling abandoned. So all of that stuff really, really worked for me. Uh, Allison, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I have to, to agree with Tom here. You know, the thing that, that uh, there was a lot about this show that I really did like. But the one thing that just kept bothering me was that they kept playing Bailey like an idiot. She was, she was, you know, the sullen teenager routine way past, you know, when she does that at the beginning, fine, but they, they continue it way past the point where anyone with two brain cells to rub together would have figured, you know what, I'm in a really dangerous situation. There are people who are trying to potentially kill us to people who are trying to kill my dad. He's, he's run off somewhere. I don't think he, we don't, we we don't know all that yet. But she doesn't know, but she knows that there is dangerous stuff happening. Her father disappeared out of nowhere, and, and there, there are police looking, and there are detectives, and um, a marshal, and, you know, and all of this going on. There, there should be, and, and she's been, you know, hauled to, the, to, to a, a different state and is looking up all this information, and now she finds out everything that she learned is wrong and as upsetting as that might be to a teenager to anyone who has any intelligence this should signal that this there is something very dangerous very serious going on and and she just keeps treating it like you know she's like she hasn't been allowed to drive the car it's it's it, her her attitude is just frustrating to me the way they play her i think it's not the actress's fault but it's clearly the way she's been directed and the way it's written but um, yeah, it, 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 it is annoying. The rest of the show, I, I've really been enjoying learning all the, the, the different facets of what's going on, everything that was happening with the bar and, and um, you know, people who, who now know that she, is, uh, that she is around and all of that. Well, we have just like, all of these right, right, now, right now, I think the way it ends is the uncle or the guy at the bar, he makes a phone call to a mysterious person at the very end. But we don't know who that person is other than they're like, she's here, she's in town. And then that's like how the episode ends. Bum, bum, bum. And- <laughs> so, 
And we know that that uh, Marshall has been trying to get them protection for something, but they don't know that. So, and then he gets denied giving them protection. And I give them, they're on the, I want to give them props too for we don't learn the Marshall is on the up and up until toward the end of the series because he does some shady stuff earlier. True. Oh, absolutely. Because he's abs- he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. He's totally off book. And you don't know why he's off book. Is he off book because he's a good guy? Or is he off book because he's a bad guy? And you you don't know. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was that's pretty interesting. But, all right, I don't want to give any more spoilers because next time we can finish the series and – and and wrap everything up but i'd say overall we're gonna say thumbs up oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah next up we're gonna talk the diplomat and we're only gonna talk the first two episodes and i know this show is addictive and i'm sure that all, <laughs> all of us have either finished it or i couldn't stop like honestly i could not stop watching the show like i really legitimately tried i activated I I activated my screening code from the uh, Television Academy so I could watch a cleaner picture stream from my iPhone instead of the other one that was available to me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's so good. It was it was like what I liked about it because we're gonna only talk about the first two episodes and the just to remind everybody where we're at. The second episode ends with the president visiting. And with Marie, just with Marine own. One landing in England. Landing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just lands in England, and they're like, what the heck? But uh, so it starts off with her about to be sent to the embassy in Iran, and she's going to take over, and because her husband is, his reputation is gone. He's he's made a diplomatic foobar or whatever. Popa. And so now she's, popa, thank you, that's a better word. Um, and so now she's the new ambassador and she's excited because that embassy comes with all these diplomatic opportunities. She actually gets to do things that are going to help the world, but they're like, Nope, you have to go to England where you get to wave and wear pretty dresses, which she is not happy about. And I like that about her. I think that that makes her character so interesting that she's not interested in the prestige of being ambassador. She's not interested in any of that stuff. She was interested in the politics and the diplomacy of it and doing her job really well. But fortunately or unfortunately for her, she ends up in the middle of a crisis where they think that Iran actually bombed a British um, aircraft, carrier. aircraft carrier. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And I, I have to say that that makes it interesting. So she gets to do what she wants, which is use her diplomacy and be the the politician she wants to be but then oh my god her husband is such a jerk i uh (laughs) yeah i I do not i do not like him at all well Um, you're not supposed to (laughs) i know i i am aware um but yeah he he's he's a problem and she knew he was going to be a problem her instincts were he's going to be a problem she tried to warn everybody that he's going to be a problem and nobody listened to her until he was a problem. They were like, oh, this is what you're talking about. You know? <laughs> so, um, and then at the very end, when he tells, because she's like, get out of my house. I can't even remember what he did. He did something crazy. And she's like, oh, you're going to go. He had a burner phone and reached out to his contact. In, in No, 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 no. That happens later. 
that's in the episode. No, that is that's that's in the episode two. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just watched it, so it's fresh in my mind. No. Okay. So he he reached out to a to a hostile nation with which we do not have diplomatic relations. He was basically freelancing, and she's ticked. (laughs) Well, I mean, she straight up asked him the question. She says, "Do not lie to me." Well, the thing is, he pulled a Clinton. Oh, I didn't do it. I called so and so who did it. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Well, he went through and a so third she, party. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so, so I she, didn't I mean, do it, although I caused it to be done. No. And she's like, I'm moment. done with you. We're divorced. Get out. And he's like, Oh, you can't. They're not divorced. You're gonna be. I know, but she said, I want you gone. And he's like, You can't because the president's coming and he's gonna offer you the vice presidency. And, no, and well, her you're, mouth you're, drops open. Well, no, it's just that. The vice president plans to resign, and they want to appoint you to replace her. Right. That's what I'm saying. So, anyway, it's just all of those things were just crazy, and I thought that Carrie Russell did a great, she did a great job in those episodes. Like, you feel her frustration, you feel her competence, you feel... Every time um, the British prime minister (laughs) says basically pats her on the head and calls her a good girl you just want to punch him in the face so like all of those things really work uh allison go ahead your thoughts yeah oh the prime minister of course is being played by rory kinnear who who excels in punchable characters um pompous d-bags exactly (laughs) it's i mean as soon as you see he's playing that role you go oh okay here's another one um and he he doesn't disappoint on on that that uh, point. Um, I think, you know, the, one of the reasons that Carrie Russell uh, gets so upset at her husband when she finds out that not, not only did, she, did he do something that you can get put in jail for essentially um, when he, when he goes through the third party to reach the, the uh, diplomat in Iran is that he also gets kidnapped as a result, you know, and, and draw, and everyone has to drop everything to try to find where he is. And then it just turns into a situation that he himself orchestrated. I mean, not necessarily the kidnapping was a little far, but, but yeah, the kid, he he was like, he was was like, I didn't tell you to kidnap him. And he was like, "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, you know, it's, it's like, he's, he's a walking security risk. And how how nobody seems to take this seriously until it's too late is, and and I'm I'm curious as to how they're going to keep him around considering how, what a, a loose cannon he is, um for the for the rest of the show because they set him up to be so dangerous, but at the same time they need I mean he's the second lead they need to find a reason to, to keep him there and so I'm, and I'm he's interested a great to see plot how they engine. do it. Oh, he is, you yeah. know, because he's constant. But he's a great plot engine on the one hand, but it's like, is it re- is it realistic that they just let him go like that, you know? I well, mean, I mean, they, like, they add the thing where she can't be vice president if they get a divorce. Yep. So if she True. wants it, she has to keep him. Yeah, so... And she we hasn't still decided don't know yet what she wants to do. Yeah, well, I mean, she... Uh, because, you know, they've, they've made a, a big deal of the fact that she is not the kind of... Uh, diplomat who wants, you know, a cozy ambassadorial spot where she gets to drink tea and socialize with celebrities and just do the minimum job and stay in a nice place. She is a real, as, as, as 
uh, Rufus Sewell's character points out, they are career diplomats, um, not so big on the art, <laughs> um, but mostly yeah. on on the diplomacy. Um, she was planning on going to Kabul. She's she's a frontline diplomat, the person who you send into crisis situations. So she she really, I, I have a hard time seeing her in in a, a vice presidential position because that really is um, uh, one of those positions where you, you get ignored a lot and don't have that well, much to do. Strategically um, think... behind the scenes maybe, but you don't you don't really get a lot, you know, of of uh, of press for for a lot of things that the the um, vice president does. So I'm not I'm not sure that she will eventually go for that or not. But I guess that's one of the questions. Overall, I think this this series though is is proving to be incredibly smartly written, and it's mm-hmm. cast impeccably. Just everyone so far is is striking me as just such interesting characters and cast with such a, a great cast. Um, I mean, I'm I'm fascinated to find out more about all of them, and. Uh, I, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I almost didn't watch the show because it got kind of iffy reviews. And I don't know where the iffy reviews are coming from because I think this is one of the best series that I've seen so far this year. This is great. Especially on Netflix. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, any final comments before we wrap this up? No, I, I'm hooked. I uh, I started watching episode one and I texted in our in our text thread. It's like the West Wing meets Scandal. And then I looked up Deborah Kahn, the showrunner's, her her IMDb page. She worked on West Wing, and she's worked in Shondaland. So it's got the political gravitas of the West Wing, but it's got the fun soapiness of Scandal without all the smuttiness, at least so far. Uh, I have only seen the first two episodes. Uh, springboarding off what Allison just said, I would not be surprised if she goes through all these undulations in season one to not not toss aside Rufus Sewell, her her you know uh, chaos addicted husband, <laughs> and then she gets told, "Oh, we can't make you vice president. You're just too valuable to us as an ambassador." It's like ah, well, yeah, I can see but that too. It's such a great role for Carrie Russell. It, it just reminded me of when you know her big break was Felicity in season two when she got the haircut, like. There was no social media back then, but if there had been, it would have melted down because people had a fit. But she... Oh, I remember that. It, it is a crime that she did not get an Emmy for her work on The Americans because she was amazing. She was very good on The she Americans. She was amazing on The Americans, but here it is, another great role for her. And I'm like, you know, kudos to Deborah Khan for creating such a fun, watchable show. And... It's been picked up for season two. Yes, it has. Yes. So I am very happy about that. All right, let's wrap this up. Um, If you, uh, so we're saying thumbs up. Oh, yeah. If you have any questions or comments, you can leave them at tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on sci-fi.radio, iTunes, and Six Degrees of Geek. (laughs) We'll talk to you guys next time. Goodbye.